Football. Paul settles in a clean pocket, and it is cut by Keanu. 20, 15, 10, 5, on his feet, touchdown! What a play! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Let's get you ready for BYU football. Here's Ben Bagley. BYU Athletics. Today, the BYU Cougars return home from their bye week to host the Utah Tech Blazers in their final home game of the 2022 season. Last chance to see the Cougars here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And not just the last chance to see the Cougars this year at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's the last home game as an independent for BYU. Riley, that means that after today, the next game played on the field right across the road at Lavelle Edwards Stadium will have a Big 12 logo on it next fall so you gotta get excited for that my name is ben bagley thank you for joining us for byu football joining me here in cougar canyon is former byu quarterback riley riley are you warm over there yeah luckily in our tent here i get the sun portion you're <laughs> over in the shade it's like, I, I i'm bundled up you know there's no such thing as bad weather just bad clothes and uh, i got the appropriate clothing and a little bit of sunshine i'm good to go yeah, I'm over here with hand warmers, uh, lap warmers, and seat warmers. But, hey, I'm here to party. Let's have a good time. Let's get ready for some Cougar football. Hey, speaking of before we get into it, before the Cougars face the Trailblazers, let's get to our game headlines. We'll start off with it You're being listening to BYU Senior football Day. On the new scheme. It is, it is Senior Day coming off of a week off. Right, that brings a lot of little different things into this game today. It's the emotions of senior day for these guys playing or could be playing their final home game of the season, not to mention the rest versus rust factor. What do you, what are you watching to see early in this game to see guys come over, overcome both the emotions and the possible yeah. rust of a bye week? I think the emotions are trying to get the season back on track and finish, you know, eight and five, finish the regular season seven and five and then get into a ball game and winning that and, kind of salvaging a season that had a significant slump in the middle is probably the foremost emotion and what that obviously they they were able to break the streak last week they want to come back out and play well again this week to show that it wasn't just a, a one-time thing up there on the blue turf from boise but rather this team has found back the tracks they got a road game against a pac-12 opponent next week and then who knows what bowl season holds for these cougar teams so i don't expect the motions to be uh you know Football players aren't a sentimental bunch <laughs> outright, right? So I don't expect too much sentimentality to affect these guys' preparation. Hopefully they come out with intensity and take care of business. Is the emotion of a senior day more the pregame or the postgame? You know, when it's, when it's not the last game of the season and you have more football to play, I... There's, it's really very momentary. I think it's mostly post game, kind of with your family. But when you got to go get ready for Stanford, you can't dwell on it too long. So I'm not too worried about it for these guys. Oh, and I thought you were speaking of Stanford. I thought you were very generous saying that Stanford was a, a Pac-12 team. They're barely a Pac-12 team. <laughs> I've heard I've heard some national pundits say that they're the worst Power Five team in the nation. So, but not to overlook Stanford. We got a game to focus on this week. Speaking of that game, it is Utah Tech, an FCS team. It's the FCS quote-unquote money game of the season. And these are always interesting because you don't know what to expect from these teams. You probably expect going in that BYU wins and probably wins with a decent amount. But, it, but Utah Tech comes in. They start they start not great to the season. They're 4-5. and five. They've won the last three. But they're, what, what they're doing in the last three is impressing, averaging 43 points per game in these three wins. Is there any chance we see some fireworks today? 
Yeah, I mean, the the uh, the Cougar defense this year uh, got back on track up on the blue turf, but obviously there were points in the season where they really kind of lost their ways. If they, if they struggle to find their way today, then, yeah, Utah Tech's good enough to put up some points. I, I don't think it's good enough to produce a victory here today because I think the BYU's offense holds such a heavy, significant advantage over the Trailblazer defense. But uh, as far as maybe some points in the game where it's a little bit back and forth, if – BYU doesn't come out focused and, and execute at a high level. Yeah, you pr- we could probably see that at points during this game. We'll, we'll take a break in just a second. Joining us on the other side is Rod Zundel, but I do want to mention it just went final in North Carolina. BYU falls in the Sweet 16 of the women's soccer uh, NCAA tournament, 3-2 to two to North Carolina. So the, women co- the women's soccer team sees their season come to an end with a 3-2 loss in North Carolina, but a nice job by the Cougs representing out there, getting through uh, through to the Sweet 16 and losing just a minute ago, 3-2 to North Carolina. Coming up next, I mentioned it. We'll have Rod Zundel joining us. He is the voice of the Utah Tech Trailblazers. He'll help us take a better look at this team coming into Lev Edwards Stadium. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. We're joined right now by Utah Tech play-by-play voice and a familiar face locally and voice to many in the state of Utah, Rod Zundel. Rod, good to have you here. Ben, it's great to be here, buddy. Uh, first uh, team walk that I've ever seen, you know, because usually I'm uh, up in the press box or back at the KSL Studios uh, for all those years, and it was kind of fun watching the band and uh, Kalani and the guys coming through. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's nice to have that game day atmosphere really kind of get you ramped up, yeah, ready to go, yeah. so it's fun. This is what we're trying to build uh, down at Utah Tech, by the way, and uh, it's going to take a while, and now we just made the transition from Division Two to Division One, and uh, this is the pattern that we want. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit, because they've really put an investment into Utah Tech and in, in kind of growing the brand and growing athletics with it. Like, how, mm-hmm. what What is the vision of that going forward? Well, the vision is, is we've uh, improved our uh, stadium. We had new grandstands uh, this year with a new press box, um, top of the line. You know, it's on the pattern of this and also on Rice-Eccles. And, and then uh, new locker rooms. They, they've had, they had uh, locker rooms on the uh, visitor side, sharing with the visiting team, basically. And uh, they're basically were, they were wooden boxes, okay, this year. But uh, they've improved them, uh, state-of-the-art, digital, and everything like that. And so that, that, that's, uh, that's good for the players and good for recruiting. Um, and... The recruiting process, uh, they're getting the D1 players now. Um, Paul Peterson's in his fourth season, and midway through the season, they were on a losing streak, kind of like BYU. They were there, one possession game in the second half, but they hadn't figured out how to get over the hump yet and and to, to break through that ceiling for a win. And then uh, the game at Stephen F. Austin, um, they were ranked 19th in the country, Stephen F. Austin, and they had a goal-line stand uh they were on the one-yard line with one second left. Final play, they went uh, Utah Tech up by three. Stephen F. Austin decided to go for the win and the touchdown instead of the field goal and tie, and we stopped them. And uh, incomplete pass, and we've gone on a three-game winning streak, and they they felt success. They they understood all the work they put in. They finally got over that hump, and it's been fun to watch, and it's, uh, it's just going to catapult, catapult us into next season and uh, so forth. But... Uh, 
it's it's a it's a challenge. We have to be patient. The coaches have to be patient. Uh, the boosters down there have to be patient. Sometimes it's difficult. You guys know that, and you're going to experience that going into the Big Twelve next year, uh, whether you want want to accept it or not. Okay, you're going to go through a transition period, kind of like we are, but on a much bigger level. And so you got to be patient. But it's so tough to be patient when you're right there and you have a chance, but you just can't do it yet. And so that that's what we're learning. Uh, we've improved our facilities, um, and so it's exciting time. It's kind of a blank page uh, for Utah Tech with the athletic facilities, the uh, moving up to Division One, the FCS level, and uh, and broadcasting as well. I'm trying to pattern uh, the broadcasting what you guys are doing here with BYU Radio, and also what BYU TV is doing. I want to do that down there. Uh, for Utah Tech, and it's a slow process, and all it takes is money and the know-how, and I have neither. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can pick up a lot of recruits that uh, don't want to play in 30 degrees, right? That'll be a good well, way. Come to Utah and not have to play in 30 degrees. You know what, though? Um, the team practices at 7 o'clock every morning. Okay, and the last week and a half, two weeks, it's been 31 degrees yeah. at and, 7 and o'clock. By the way, outside, there's not an indoor facility no, yet, right? Yeah. No, and there's no need to. Uh, because of cold weather. Now, hot weather, that's why they practice at 7 o'clock in the morning. But then they go to cold weather sites, and so they need to practice in 30-degree temperature. And at 7 o'clock every morning the last week and a half, it's been 31, 32 degrees. So this is not going to be, oh, they're a warm-weather team coming here and they've got to play in 34-degree temperature because they've been practicing in it for the last two weeks. Rod, I want to stay on that inflection point that you mentioned. I think think you said accurately BYU is facing going into the Big 12. Talk about the chicken or the egg dynamic between the boosters, the fan base has to come out and support and fund those necessary improvements, but also they want a return on their investment in the term of a successful football program, so the football team's got to win or at least show improvement. How does a program, how is Utah Tech balancing that and just as a broad scope or a broad stroke, yeah. how does a program manage that? Yeah, well, all but one game this year, this team has shown improvement and had a, a upward progression every game. They, Northern Iowa, they kind of had a setback, but then they came back and they, they resumed the progression. So you've been able to see the improvement every week, even though they didn't come away with a win. And now they've been able to come away with three straight wins, and you've been able to see success. And you can sell that. I you can sell that. The but, but the thing is, it's more of a. It's probably more with our facilities, more of a community aspect than it is here, because you can use uh, the communities uh, and the grandstands for for yeah. events and all that more so than you can here. I would assume. So it's more of a community. Uh, buy-in. Buy-in rather than just, oh, let's pay for the football team type thing. So, um, it, But it comes down to wins. Um, against Southern Utah, we uh, almost sold out the, the stadium. But other than that, uh, it's been half full. Because we're playing teams uh, and we're in a transition and it's a stacked deck. Because, you know, you got borderline Division Two, Division One players. Instead of all Division One players, you're playing against teams that have been Division One and recruited Division One for years. And what Coach Paul Peterson has done with this team is incredible. The improvement they've made, and to go on a three-game winning streak, nobody would have thunk that. Because, uh, and, and this this uh, coaching group, I mean, Craig Stutzman, the offensive coordinator for Washington, the last uh, Washington State, the last two years, he brought his quarterback Vic Cabalas over, and also Joey Hobart, the son of Billy Joe Hobart, uh, just saw him down here, the former NFL quarterback. He is going to uh, be on the same lines today. You're going to see a great receiver. Uh, on the same lines as Puka Nakua. His route running and his durability 
and he'll he'll catch anything that's in his vicinity, and he'll take a hit. So it's going to be exciting to see Puka Nakua, great athlete, uh, and then Joey Hobart on the other side, uh, a great receiver. It's going to be fun. Well, you talked about some of these offensive weapons. What stood out to me about Utah Tech in the last three games in the wins, they were averaging about 15, 16 points a game up to that point, now 43 points a game. Well, they were averaging over 500 yards of total offense the first three games. Then their quarterback got injured. They brought back uh, another quarterback, and they had, and then they also brought in Boone Abbott, former American Fork uh, High School that transferred from Hawaii. He was a quarterback at American Fork. He came in his first drive uh, of his first start. Uh, he was injured about the seventh play of the game, so he was out. But Vic Gabalas, okay, first three games, Kobe, uh, Vic Gabalas started at Sacramento State. Yep. Okay, he's a transfer from Washington State. Started the Washington State's bowl game last year in the second half. He came out, threw three interceptions in the first half against Sacramento State, ranked number two in the country. Very good team. Okay, he was benched for Kobe Tracy. Tracy came, comes in and throws for over 350 yards in three quarters and a couple of touchdowns, so he got the start. Then Tracy got injured. Gabalas came back in. First three games for Vic Gabalas, seven completions, six interceptions. How do you come back from that as a quarterback? Well, after a few games and playing uh, rush, uh, roulette with a quarterback, Vic Gabalas was left. He came out, full week of practice, threw for 400 yards. <laughs> Stephen F. Austin, five touchdowns. So in the last three games, Vic Gabalas, and you got to give this guy credit, he is, he is mature beyond his years. Uh, he's still a redshirt freshman, but he has thrown for over 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns and one interception the last three games. So we expect that to kind of have the uh, carryover today. Of course, this is a different animal at BYU. Much better players, of course, all across the board. But you're going to see Vic Cabalas, the quarterback. You're going to see Joey Hobart, the receiver. Also, Quali Conley's had three straight 100-yard games, and he's been an angry runner the last uh, month. Uh, he's carried three or four defenders on his back for the extra five, six, seven, eight yards. Now, that's FCS level. He'll probably carry one cougar on his back for an extra couple of yards today but those three guys uh and then if they try to bottle them up you got some other guys ricky johnson the receiver he he uh, had 277 yards receiving against southern utah uh, two weeks ago so um you know i mean joey hobart leads the fcs in receiving yards per game total receiving yards and receiving touchdowns this year in the country and he's one of the top in the fbs too when you put it there so it's going to be fun it's going to be entertaining you're going to see some talented players in the skill positions now what is that going to translate with the BYU uh, you know, talent? We're going to see. It's going to be fun. Uh, we'll look forward to it, Rod. Thanks for jumping on with us here. I know you're going to get down to uh, TV now to do, uh, do that thing on uh, BYUSN game day. But up next, Cougar Cuts. We'll, we'll listen to what Kalani Sataki has to say about the game today as we lead up to kickoff. It is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. It's time for Cougar Cuts, a.k.a. this week it's Kalani Cuts today. Head coach Kalani Satake addressed the media this week and gave us his overview of where BYU is heading into this matchup with Utah Tech. We had a, a good bye last week and cut some time for guys to heal up and also some time for... Uh, us to do some extra work, you know, ready to close out our, our home game schedule in Lavelle Edwards Stadium this weekend against Utah Tech. Looking forward to the game. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun, but, uh, also trying to get this game and this win for our, our outgoing seniors and, and a few others that are going to be honored and then feel confident in, in our preparation and, and especially coming off with the bye week 
feel good about uh, where we're headed now and, and looking forward to competing again. That, that's that's a goal. And Utah Tech has a – they're on, on a little bit of a win streak and well-coached team. We're familiar with them and familiar with, with a lot of their players. And so expecting their best shot. They've been able to do some good things and, and score some good points. And uh, looking forward to our guys being on the field again competing. Uh, thankful that we had the bye. Now that we're over it, time to get back to work and get back in, in season mode again. It's interesting. This is the second year in a row where BYU's come off of 10 weeks of play, then a bye. It's going to be interesting when Greg joins us here in a minute to find out who's actually back healthy because this team was pretty beat up. But and Kalani said this bye week has been nice to kind of get guys healthy, ready to go, and, and close out there with season mode again, time to play some games. Always a good opportunity to hit reset when you play t- 10 straight before getting into your bye week. Unfortunately, you're not like Kurt curing bumps and bruises by that time guys injuries are a little bit more severe and they're in the multiple weeks right it's not like they've moved from the questionable to most guys are in the doubtful column rather than the questionable or day-to-day if you were to do more of a professional sports uh, type injury assessment but yeah i look it, it one of the things that's hard is you get winter daylight savings has happened since the last time you played uh it, it almost feels like the seat but you still have to remember as a football player like you got two more regular season opportunities and you're still positioning yourself for the best bowl game possible and so this game as much as any other uh of the three remaining on the schedule is equally as important so i don't ex- i do not expect any lapse in intensity or effort with today being the final home game of the season, seniors and those who are considering leaving early will have the chance to be honored today. Kalani Sataki talks about what those players have meant to this program. I mean, we couldn't be the program that we are without those guys. Key players, they're the glue that, that keeps this team together and, and uh, allows our program to keep progressing. So I, uh, it's always an emotional time when you get towards this, the end of the year. Uh, saying goodbye to people, it's, it's difficult. And so we're hoping to have that, that extend that goodbye by winning this game and, and being bowl eligible. That, that'd be a, a great way to delay the inevitable, which is that the, the season will end, but, uh, it will end at home and, and really looking forward for those guys get up to get their opportunities, make plays and compete. They know that we love them and we really appreciate them. And for head coach, uh, I can't say enough about their contribution to our program and, uh, the blood, sweat, tears, and everything that they've they put into their effort into our program. It's, it's it's why we're able to have the success that we've had. You mentioned kind of how the emotions on Senior Day maybe mean more to us and the coaches than it does the players because the game's still to play. But when looking at it, you look at guys like Lupini Katoa, who this is his final game. Uh, and what he's meant to this program as a leader in the locker room and on the field as well. And then there's guys like Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua who have decisions to make after this season, whether they come back or not. It's just kind of an interesting little dynamic to this game today. Yeah, and at BYU, you've all, you're always familiar. I mean, from the time these guys announce their commitment on signing day to the time they actually leave you, it's it's more than a decade, right? <laughs> For, sometimes a couple of players have even pushed it to that eight, nine, ten year mark, right? More than just the average six. And so you grow up with these players, you're tracking them every year in and out of fall camp, and they finally get a chance. I think of a kid like Jaron Hall, right? He was a legacy commit. His dad played here at local, out of Spanish Fort, comes here. He's playing. You're tracking him. Hey, how's he doing? Well, he's playing baseball and football, and then he backs up Max. He gets his shot. He looks good. Or, sorry, it backs up Zach. 
gets a shot, looks good, then then sits back out again, and then comes back in and takes the reins. And I mean, you feel like these guys have grown from baby birds into full-blown bald eagles, right? And so there's always emotion in, in seeing these guys. And then, of course, as a fan, like, listen, that, that was the biggest thing I took away from my senior day was, like, the caravan moves on. Or in other words, as much as fans love players, they love BYU and and are doing that but uh when you le- when you have players like that that have invested and produced so much for the program immediately as a fan your mind goes to like how are we going to replace them but uh we, one of the be- best things you can do before you start thinking about how you replace a guy is is uh give him a good send-off in his last game here in lavelle edwards stadium well, well part of that send-off and you you can you can attest to this and i don't know maybe it's changed since since you were here but more than one or two of the players have talked to me this week about how excited they were to get their minky blanket at the end of the game <laughs> yeah mine's still in uh, i get mine as a momentum it's still in the storage i should break that thing out though yeah there's a couple players who were like pretty pretty excited about that blanket they wanted to get that blanket for the post game ceremony so they're looking forward to that hey byu is a heavy favorite tonight today we talked to rod zundley he kind of broke it down with utah tech making that transition from fcs to a division one team and so Kalani says Utah's Tech comes to Provo confident, and BYU, they can't sleep on this team. Tons of energy from them coming to this game. I mean, this is the end of the year for them. I know they're fired up for this game. I know their coaches. I know a lot of guys in their coaching staff, and, and, and I'm familiar with a lot of people on their roster. So this is a, a game that they've, they've had circled, and, and they're excited to end their year here. Uh, come up into you know Lavelle Stadium and play in, in in a big stadium, and I've coached at that level before, so I, I don't think the motivation. There's not really much to say. The guys will be fired up, excited, and, and we'll get their best shot. I mean, that, that's what we expect. I, I tons of respect for their coaches, tons of respect for their team. I've been really impressed. Watched them on film, really well coached and great athletes. I mean, they have. They can throw the ball around. They can run the ball on defense. They can create some havoc. So Coach Peterson's done a great job getting his team ready, and I know they'll be they'll be ready for this game. Human nature is you look at this game as a player and you know that you should win the game. And so it's kind of hard, that much harder through the week to stay focused and, and like have that normal mentality as if you're facing an Arkansas or a Baylor. But as a player, Riley, when you're playing, playing this game, the FCS game, the money game, like what is the secret to stay locked in and making sure what doesn't slip past, slip past a goalie here? It's to, uh, I mean, we talk about when you're vying for like rankings and some of these other things. Of course, it's not necessarily whether it's college football or back in the BCS days or whatever. Style points matter a lot. They still do. And in an FCS matchup, style, style points matter immensely. I think it, you're you find yourself in a game where you can score more points. You can technically win the game, but you can actually lose in the eyes of your fan base and even in the eyes of your own coaches and teammates. Right. So. Uh, you you want to come out and just make sure it looks right. You have that motivation to where those other you're like, look, I don't care if it's ugly, whatever. You, you mentioned the Baylor's, uh, the Arkansas's, uh, the, and the like. Those you don't care how you get it done. All you care yeah. is that you get it done. Today you care and met you raise that level and you do care about how to get it done. And so for me that was always like come out and start fast as an offense. We had like touchdown on the first drive. Anything less is unacceptable. We should not punt as long as we have our starters in, you know, if we get it, uh, of course play clean ball with no turnovers and and take care of business. 
you look at that, and the other thing that's on the table today is not just senior day, it's not just Utah Tech, it's getting bowl eligible. Klein mentioned it in a, a bite before, but uh, that bowl eligibility, that hangs over this team. We get it done this week, so there's no drama next week going to the Stanford. You can just focus on getting it done at Stanford. I mean, look, you mentioned that earlier in our last segment how Stanford's struggling and all that, but that game is going to be so, that will be the smallest crowd that BYU has played in in I don't know how many years. They're literally giving away free tickets because. They're terrible. Right. Well, not only is Stanford bad the fans but yeah, but nobody supports them i they mean call the stadium the library do, for a reason you know I, yeah exactly <laughs> right i mean i was up at the state championship uh high school football matchups yesterday and i guarantee you there was more fans watching those high school football championship games than there will be next weekend watching the cougar square off against the cardinal and that's an incredibly tough environment and when you're used to playing in front of 50 60 you know 70,000 seat stadiums to go in and play in front of what I mean, they're going to announce something like 20,000, but really it's it probably won't even be 10. So um, uh, that that can be a trap game, and one of the best ways to avoid the trap is to play very well today and then go and do a nice week of practice and go and take care of business. We're getting way ahead of ourselves today, but the nature of an FCS matchup and then uh, you know having a plan against a struggling team to end the season, that's just the dynamics of what BYU is facing. And it's look, it is 100% manageable, and I have the faith and confidence in, in this team to manage it in the correct way, but you have to acknowledge the potential pitfalls. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go go ahead and get out in front a little bit more with the Stanford thing. You mentioned the free giving away of tickets. It was three weeks ago that they put out, hey, test drive your season tickets. Sign up for two free games, live final two home games, and you get the chance to have that same seat next year for free tickets this week. That lasted for about 24 hours. They took it down because I think there was a lot of BYU fans in the Bay Area that were <laughs> test driving season tickets for the final year yeah. to get free tickets to the BYU game. I thought that was pretty fun. Hey, coming up next, Jason Shepard catches up with senior defensive lineman Earl Tuatoa Mariner in Sheptock. More Cougar pregame live coming up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Earl Tuioti Mariner is playing his final home game as a BYU football player. The defensive end has been in Provo since 2017. He obviously seen the ups and downs that the programs encountered over the last five years. Earlier this week, Jason Shepard caught up with him uh, and today, for today's Shep Talk. Shep started by asking Earl what it meant for him and the team to snap the four-game losing streak with a big win last week at Boise State. Yeah, it was huge. Um, I think with it being at Boise as well, it just added uh, more um, strength to it. Like I can't tell you how happy we were in the locker room. It was a party in there. So it meant the world to us to, to finally break that streak and kind of get our confidence back because we were kind of lacking a little bit. Yeah, it meant the world to us. Why do you think it all came together in that game? What was different with you guys, do you think? Um, I think there was definitely a sense of urgency because we're like, um, the season's coming to a close. Um, we don't want to end the season with a losing record. Um you know, this win meant more to us, and we went more. We 
going into the game, it meant more to us. And we kind of just used that uh, energy to, to help us, you know, win the game. You know, we still, we have two more games left and we wanted to make the most of this season because, you know, if we have a losing record, it, it kind of feels like a waste of a season. So we knew we had to win this game. And so we used that to our advantage. Well, look, and regardless of when the bye week comes, nobody wants to have a loss before the bye week because then you have to sit on no. it for two weeks. No. How much more enjoyable was the bye week? Oh, it was, that? It, it was awesome. Like, you're just not stressed. Um, just the overall vibe, everyone's happy. And, like, even after the game, it was, like, a great uh, sigh of relief, like, stress off of our shoulders just having that win. What did you do for the bye week? Did you do anything fun? Was it all about resting and relaxing, or did you actually get to do something? I didn't do anything. I was just relaxing. Um, it was good to just sleep in for once and trying to let the body heal because, what was it, like 10 weeks straight of just yep. football? Like That's hard on the body. So it was good to just rest. So when you say sleep in, like how, how late into the morning are you sleeping in? Is like 8 o'clock sleeping into you, or are we talking like maybe 10 a.m., 11 a.m.? Uh, eight, eight o'clock is sleeping for me. I feel like my body's just so used to waking up. At, I usually wake up at like a little before seven, which, which isn't bad, which is good, but just to get some sleep and not have to worry about my alarm clock going off in the morning yeah. is nice. When we start the beginning of the year, you always look down and the season just looks so long, but we're already here at the final home game, two games, as you mentioned a couple of times remaining in the regular season. Yeah. It's senior day. As a senior, this is going to be your last home game. Do you get emotional about that or do you try not to think about what is about to take place on Saturday? I try not to think about it. I'm kind of prepared for it because I did the whole senior day last year. <laughs> so... um I just don't think about it. I think it's going to hit me on the field after the game when we're like walking to our, our teammates. The seniors are walking to the team or like our teammates. I think it'll hit me then, but I just try not to think about it. Do you get two blankets now because you, you did it last year? Do you, do you know if you get two or? I mean, I think I do. You know, the perks of coming back, you get a free blanket. So One for you, one for your wife. You guys yeah, get, enjoy yeah. the BYU blankets, right? Yeah, that's right. The other part about it, besides being senior day, obviously you need six wins to be bowl eligible, and you have an opportunity to do that. It's a favorable matchup against Utah Tech. What is that going to mean for you when that takes place, that you guys get to bowl eligibility? I think it's just it's um kind of ending on a high note, just to be able to go to a bowl game uh, with our friends, teammates, family. Uh, bowl games are always special. So to be able to go to a bowl game, hopefully um, we'll get the, the, the W on Saturday. It'll be nice. It'll be nice to just end on a high note. I mentioned it's a favorable matchup for you against Utah Tech. What are your thoughts on on this team, this matchup specifically from the defensive side of things? Yeah, I think the defensive side of things, I think we match up really well. And um, I think we're going to do great on defense. Like, I don't expect us to have, like, any major struggles, but we are preparing uh, for this team like they are, like, you know, one of the best teams in the nation. So I think you can't um, not respect any of your opponents that you go against because we've seen it in college football so many times that, you know, the little dog always beats the big dog. And so you got to prepare, like, for the best team. got to respect your opponent. 
Do you feel like the defense has gotten back on track? We obviously mentioned the win over Boise State, but over with all the changes that have taken place over the last couple of weeks, where do you feel the defense is at heading into this last home game? Uh, I, I think the defense um, is doing a lot better. I think we've focused on, you know, focusing on our assignments, you know, making sure that everyone's in the right place. Cause I feel like that was kind of our biggest issue was just, you know, we're just not in the right place at the right time. And I can see that guys are really like putting in the effort to make sure that they're doing their 111th on the field. Um, so I think we're in a pretty good spot right now. All right, Earl, let's wrap it up with the final four questions. What is your favorite class at BYU? Favorite class? Uh, you know, I liked, uh, I liked racquetball. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a good racquetball player? I'm a good racquetball player. You Let know, me tell you, God, racquetball is underrated as a sport. I love to play racquetball, and I have racquetball. not played it in forever. Yeah, it's a great sport. I wish more people played it. I have no one to play with. Do you have your own racket? Because we know you're real serious if you have your own racket. I don't. I don't have my own racket. I'm. I'm not that serious, but I am pretty good. All right. Well, that's good. Okay. So racquetball is your favorite class. That's good. All right. Which is better? Now, this is just in general. No specifics here. In general, what's better, the book or the movie? In general, most of the time, the book is. I've never gone wrong with the book. The book is always better. Okay. If you inherited a million dollars today, what's the first thing you're buying? First thing I'm buying. Um. First thing I'm buying is probably a house. That, that'll probably be all the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with today's prices, yeah, you're going to spend just about all that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, last question. What will you remember most about the era of independence? I will remember definitely some of the big games that we've had. One that comes to mind is uh Tennessee, uh USC, and, and Wisconsin. Those three games, those are like, those were cool games, and I'll remember that for the independence. Earl, thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes. I really do appreciate it. Uh, good luck on Saturday. Enjoy Senior Day, and make sure you get that second BYU blanket. Thanks, man. <laughs> thank you. See, there's another guy that's all about that second blanket. He's he's one of the two guys. There's another, another point. I'm not going to throw him under the bus who said – said he's deciding whether to come back next year or not and he goes that depends on how good the blanket is maybe i'll come back for a second once (laughs) listen as long as whatever the motivation is for them to stay here as long as they're willing to put in the work to make this program better to make themselves better that's what happens a lot of times for these guys they understand like in their career like you don't want them hanging on if they're just you know if their motivations aren't to be the best football player they can be and contribute the best that they can sometimes guys will you know they hang on for other perks but by the way i don't think that's a a realistic thing but as we saw a couple years ago with like i mean how neil powell could have been on this team like how much would he have added to the receiver depth and cody epps and some of these other things so you want guys to stay around if they are bought in on contributing um but uh regardless of whenever a player leaves you're just grateful for their contributions to the program yeah one final question coming off of earl was brought up in that interview and and in the lead up he's been here since 2017 and he's playing his final game here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium today. And you, and you talked about it earlier. That's a unique thing about BYU. They get recruited. Maybe they come for a year, then go on a mission, or they go for a mission, then come here. But technically, they're BYU for sometimes five, six, with COVID now seven years. 
And what's it like in a locker room where you got guys who've been around a program for five plus years? You, I mean, you you cut, you were here for four, but you had guys around you that did that. Somehow, Mike Haig, who I was the same graduating <laughs> class, yeah. 2006, we played high school together. So he was the he was the 5A MVP. I was the 3A MVP. You know, I've known Mike for for forever. Somehow, he played two years longer than me uh, here at BYU. No, I mean injuries and red shirts and obviously things like that. But um, no, I mean you start, of course. It's fun banter going back and forth, like, you know, old enough to be my dad. You know, for me, a bit, a guy who was here for a long time was Vic Sooto. Yes. Um, you know, Mike Haig was obviously another one. He's joking. He's like, hey, man, is that gray hair I see type of thing? But ultimately, you respect him as long. Like I said, speaking uh, earlier, like a guy like Vic or a guy like Mike, they were still giving their all to the program. And so you appreciate their dedication and you look to them as a fountain of, like, knowledge so that maybe they've, because most likely they've experienced some things over the course of their eligibility and time here at BYU. Uh, positively or negatively, that if they can impart those lessons onto the younger generation, it can accelerate your development as a player. So um, it, it is a it is a net net positive. And while I encourage everybody to, to uh, chase their football dreams, and I said this yesterday on Sports Nation, like unless a dude's a lock in the first two rounds, stay here and contribute and build the program. And I think the dividends both for the individual player and for the program uh, will be wildly successful. All right, coming up next, not only was it one of the best wins of independence, it gave us one of the greatest BYU highlights of all time. You're tuned in to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson here at Cougar Canyon as we get you ready for BYU and Utah Tech. And all throughout the season, we've taken a look back at some of the great games of independence. And this one was a good one. September 6, 2014, at Darrell K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium in Austin, Texas. The Longhorns ranked 25th and looking for their revenge after losing in Provo the year before, 40-12. to in what would ultimately turn into a rout, BYU only led 6-0 at halftime. The second half, however, would be one to remember as the Cougars would score touchdowns on the next four possessions. One of those touchdowns would turn out to be one of the most iconic plays, highlights, pictures, moments in BYU football program history, that being Taysom Hill hurtling a Longhorn defender on his way to the end zone with it. With the win, BYU improved the overall record against Texas to 4-0. Fox Sports, play-by-play with the call here as we relive the moment. On second down, Hill steps out of pressure and has a scene for a first down. And more, hurdles his way, highlight reel, touchdown. Of allowing the play to develop, look at Taysom Hill waiting, waiting in the pocket. Finally makes his break, and you know what? Because he kept his eyes downfield so long, it allowed the Texas defenders to simply clear out of the way. On first down, play action against Presser. Gets rid of it as he's hit. It hangs up, and it's knocked around. Check out the concentration by Leslie. Taysom Hill hit as he was throwing the ball in the pocket. Option play. Straight ahead. Pine is in. Touchdown, BYU. Look at the hole created by the offensive line for BYU. Wham! 
It's Hill off the left side. A nice job by Quandre Diggs to come up and meet him, but he bounces off for a touchdown. In every way possible, 150 yards through the air, 133 and two touchdowns on the ground. He's run around him. This time he just runs through the Texas defense. A first down and goal. Why not Taysom Hill again? Third rushing touchdown. Where do you even begin? Taysom Hill has taken over this ballgame. A defense that had held the BYU offense out of the end zone the entire first half. Taysom Hill just ignited the BYU offense. He's done it through the air. He's done it on the ground. He's done it with his head. Reading the defenders, when it's time to give it, he gives it. When it's time to keep it, he keeps it. When it's time to drop his shoulder and just run through somebody, he does that as well. Taysom Hill is a fantastic football player. Picked off. It's Elisa. How about Michael Elisa back inside midfield? Final knee from Christian Stewart. BYU moves to 2-0 with a statement win against Texas. Riley, there's moments as a football fan. You're sitting on the couch and you're watching a game and that moment happens and just not even thinking about it. You're off your chair, hands in the air like, what did I just see? Taysom hurtling the defender on the way to the end zone. I, like that's what's one moment for Cougar fans everywhere. You're like, oh, I can tell you exactly where I was, what I was eating, what what drink was at my side, and who I was sitting with when that happened. There's a saying that the older you get, the better you were type of thing. <laughs> and I think, obviously, it was great that Taysom's performance and that win was greatly appreciated. But, man, sitting here eight years later, I actually I think I appreciate it more. And listen to the color guy on the Fox broadcast yeah. on the audio. It kind of just really j- give him all the flowers and all the praise. It, I think at the time it probably maybe felt like, ah, man, this guy's going a little bit over the top. And now I go back and I'm like, he wasn't giving him enough. Like, no, he missed going gosh, over him. Like, how did we not? How did that dude not win a Heisman? How did we not? Stinking injury luck, man. Like national championship Heisman, All American, like all, all those things. Taysom was such an incredible quality player, and that was that was a great team. The biggest thing for me about that was I was on the 2011 team when we went down there. I wasn't the starting QB. That was still the portion of the season when yeah. when Jake was playing, and we had a two minute drive to win the game. Obviously, we were unable to do it but i i finally felt vindicated because i really felt like in 2011 we had a we had that game in uh daryl k royal stadium one and let it slip away so i was so great to see the 2014 team go back in there and take care of business that we should have taken care of three years earlier yeah i was a boy i was at that game your your game uh, that, that other texas game i would I was here for the other one the hurdle game and i just remember we did BYU Sports Nation the Monday after, and, like, that's the whole show. It was just, hey, did you see what Taysom did? And then there yeah. was replay this highlight over and over and over again because it was just one of those moments you couldn't get you, you don't get Good. sick of. And still all these years later, can't get enough of. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's 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 good to be a legend. It was fun when they they made those T-shirts with the, yeah. with it right there. It's actually, in, in all honesty, well, then it's become a meme, right? Yeah, you see it all I, over I, the internet. People replace the defender with whatever they want and taste some and jumping over. You well, know? And, and, and honestly, it's one of those things like, man, I wish I wish Texas was sticking around in the Big Twelve because that would be fun. I know. That's a, that'd be a fun little rivalry to go go through. Uh, that's a fun that's a fun way to relive that as we look back to uh, the days of independence. Coming up next, we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rebell. He's going to join us out here at Cougar Canyon. Cougar Pregame Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Joining us now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, just off of a cross-country flight back from soccer, now here to do some football and basketball. It's a busy day, busy week. Oh, it's a triple-header day on BYU Radio. Fantastic. Uh, Shout-out to the women's soccer program. Yes. We know their season ends earlier uh, with the loss to Carolina, but uh, coming back from down 3-1 to make it 3-2, couldn't find the equalizer, so soccer wraps up. Football and basketball still the rest of the day. And thank you, Ben, by the way, for coming off the bench to be a part of our coverage today. I know that Jason was planning to be here for uh, for Cougar Canyon, but he got the soccer assignment when they advanced, and so that puts you uh, un- under the headset. And it's always happy news for us, but I know it uh, uh, it, uh, it bounces into your weekend too. But thank you for being here. Hey, I think Jason, it wasn't soccer. Jason just looked at the, the, the weather reports, how cold it was, like, I'm going to North Carolina. <laughs> well, it's great to have you back on the broadcast with us, Ben. It's, it's always to fun to be with you. And uh, we thank Cleo on as well for uh, stepping into the basketball studio tonight. I'll do both games. I'll, as soon as football postgame wraps up, I'll cart over to the Marriott Center and we'll get two games and hopefully two wins in today. Utah Tech is in town. And Riley, it's always good to see you, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, Utah <laughs> Tech is in town. Just got finished chatting with uh, with Kalani and um, a lot of emotion from Kalani uh, for the seniors today. It's, it's, it's natural that today would be that day. And, and sometimes we don't know if, if, if these seniors are really saying goodbye to forever or not. Uh, but either way, uh, upwards of uh, what, 34 uh, yeah. players yep. being honored today between the seniors and then the others who are fourth and fifth years. So a lot of people to take care of. And they'll do that. For those who've been to get football games recently here on Senior Day, it's been a pregame festival. It's, it's postgame today. So it'll all happen during post. And, and uh, so for, if you're coming to the game, and uh, we we uh, would like you to stick around and and as for, have as many BYU fans as possible honor the departing players in the postgame ceremonies today. Uh, do we want to talk a little personnel? Who's in? Who's out? Yeah, we do. coming off of bye week, some guys maybe got healthy. Who are we looking at playing today? Well, Kingsley Suamataia did not play the last game. Yep. He'll be back at right tackle. Uh, so that, that's good news for BYU on the offensive line. So Kingsley is back and back in. Uh, you're not going to see Gunnar Romney today, so Gunnar remains out. Uh, Chris Brooks though. Uh, back, uh, Miles Davis available. Hinkley could be the guy, though. If, if uh, BYU might be going with the hot hand approach, and Hinkley could be the starter at running back for BYU today. So I think everyone, I think everyone's available, but you could see Hinkley being the first guy to get snaps there. So look for that. Uh, Braden Kine. Now he's a backup, but he's a pretty good backup at, at the tackle spot, and he has suffered an injury. He will not be available today uh, on the O line. So we're going to see a lot of new and different names on the O line once the ro- uh, f- uh, first string rotates out, if indeed they do. And Kalani said. I'm planning on the ones playing the whole way until something mm. tells me otherwise. And that's the way he wants to go into it. He's not saying you're getting a half, you're getting a half. We're going in full go and see how this thing turns out. Defensively, uh, still no Peyton Wilgar, still no Max Tooley, still no D'Lo Mandel. Uh, so those are some of the top names that won't be available today. So the buy helped some, but it didn't help to the, you know, to get a lot of guys back. Let's put it that way. That had more longer-term deals. So that's kind of how BYU looks right now on personnel. Uh, Really like this Utah Tech team. Uh, yeah. It's a fun offense. Especially offensively, yeah. Anytime your offense has a nickname, it, it's got to produce, right? <laughs> and they call themselves the Spread and Shred, and that's how they roll. They do not have a tight end on the right. They do not play a tight end. There are no fullbacks. There are no tight ends. It's four and five wides, and let's go. And Joey Hobart, number 12, leads all of the FCS yeah. in receiving touchdowns with 14, receiving yards well more than 1,000, receiving yards per game. He's legit. And if you have a 1,000-yard back, well, then he's legit, right? Two, Quali Conley is his name, number two. Uh, Victor Gabalas is the quarterback, wasn't the starter, but due to injury came in and is playing well, 12 touchdown passes in his last three games. So I really like the way Utah Tech uh, plays offensive football. They have a, it's funny, for as high-powered and high-octane uh, as they are, they have a really tough time staying on the field. 
Uh, their third down conversion percentage is 27%. Wow. That's very, very low. And, and their possession time is around 27 minutes. That's also very low. So, uh, because they're a reclassifying FCS program, and by the way, they've got one more year of reclassifying until they're full FCS. So they're not eligible for championships right now, that kind of thing. They're not even eligible to be ranked in the NCAA stats as a result. If they were ranked in the stats, I think their third down number would be 117, possession time number around 105. So they just, they go fast. Uh, but they have a hard time staying on the yeah. field, let's put it that way. So uh, they're fun to watch, but you can get them off the field if you play good defense against this team. And, and uh, defensively, Utah Tech allows some big, big numbers, uh, almost 500 yards a game. And so BYU should be able to have some success, uh, pretty much do what it wants to do that way. But uh, Utah Tech, anytime a team comes in, having scored 43 points a game over their three-game win streak, you give them respect, and they are on a three-game roll right now. So Paul Peterson's got it going. They opened one and six. They're now four and six. This ends their season, by the way. They're done with FCS play, done with WAC play. This is their final game today, so they're going to, as they say, empty the tank at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So, Greg, what does, uh, you know, these FBF... Portland State was not that far distant in, uh, you know, in the in the history books as far as a, a game that BYU won. But, Season opener but, of 2017, right? Yeah. But yeah. As far as a game that they won on the scoreboard, but really lost in the eyes of a lot of the fans. What does that look like today? I mean, could, could this offense put up? Do you think they have the capability? This Utah Tech offense have the capability of putting up like 28-30, or do you think that there's still a wide enough gap? between the Cougars and the Trailblazers? Well, I think the high water mark over the last decade for any FCS team is 14 against BYU. So, uh, you know, that's, I, I, you know, so it's, maybe it's, it's been tough for teams to get into the 20s on BYU that way. So if you get yeah. a couple scores over that, then it's probably one where you maybe win the game and lose it. I agree with you. I don't, I, I don't see much of a, I think the offensive players are going to be able to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, I look at Utah Tech's defense. They just give up way too many yards and points right now. Um, so I, I don't think the Cougars should have a tough time outscoring this team. And again, if you, but, but if a team was going to put up more than 14, uh, Utah Tech's a pretty good candidate because yeah. of how they've got it going right now. And by the way, thanks to Riley. Last time I talked to Riley, he was the host of the postgame show. I had no voice <laughs> he left. Had zero had voice. In fact, I'm, I'm still not all the way back two weeks later. It's been a rough go for me the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, Riley was uh, uh, the pro's pro and uh, and did all of my work in Boise <laughs> State a couple weeks ago. every ounce of your voice to pull out that win up in Boise two weeks ago. I emptied so the tank yeah, that that's night. Right. But, uh, and, by the way, that was such – you know, today could have been the day – that BYU needed to win to set up the game at Stanford to get to bowl eligibility, and that's not the case now. BYU knows. That's the other big thing, and let's maybe hit that really quickly. A win today, you're locked into the postseason. And Kalani uh, talked about this a bit in the pregame as well. He thinks that ESPN would determine a bowl site sooner than later on this thing. So uh, it could be not too far in the distance that we find out where BYU is playing beyond the fact we know they're playing in Palo Alto next Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier in the week, Klein even said maybe even find out today. Yep. I, now I don't think we will find out today, but I mean, but he kind of volunteered yeah. that, like, hey, you know, <laughs> that you know, we could, it'd be great to find out. And so it kind of feels like the wheels might be in motion on that already. Yeah. So that's always fun, you know. Even you know, uh, the the bigger goals went by the wayside a long time ago, but it's still great to know that you've got one more destination, one more unfamiliar team to play for, one more experience for especially these departing players. Well, and doesn't it feel like at least for us as fans, eight and five sounds so much better than seven and six? And that's a possibility, it? right? Yeah. I mean, when things were dire. Four and five to be able to flip it around and to have the possibility of ending the season eight and five that would be a best case scenario and a really nice springboard into the Big Twelve and that's yep. all nice and good if you ask Kalani he wants to practice time with the youth and the development that time too we talked about that game. too yep yep well Greg thanks so much we'll get you and Riley on the call coming up in a little while Ben thank you great to see you all right Mitchell Jurgen joins me up on the other side but first let's pa let's uh, this is Cougar pregame live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. 
back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the Utah Tech Trailblazers. I'm joined right now by sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens, who... Mitch, did you dress warm today? Dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm dressed very warm. I'm just hoping it's still enough. Well, if you look over here on my seat, I've got the uh, seat warmer. I've got the lap warmer the for my essentials. laps. And the uh, hand warmers in my pockets. So... Uh, if you need any of that, I know where a stash is for the <laughs> sidelines. Hey, Mitch, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about this game today. Uh, this, the emotions of senior day. I mean, you, it wasn't too long ago that you went through this. I mean, talk a little bit about what that's like as, as a player, knowing that you're playing your final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, it's, you know, when I, I go back to, to my senior day, it, it almost felt like a dream. Like, um, I, I couldn't believe it was already over. It, it felt like an eternity going through it. But then when you get to the end, you're like, wait, it's already over? Um, and, and I'm sure a lot of the players will, will, will feel that. Um, for me, too, going back, I mean, I, I grew up a BYU fan. I wanted to play at BYU. Coming out of high school, I didn't have any offers. I had to walk on. And, and so for me, it was, I mean, it was, it was incredibly, you know, emotional, um, just uh, the, the gratitude that I had that, you know, I got to play and, and make, a, make an impact on, on the BYU team for, for a number of years. It was, um, it was something super special. Um, you reflect on those memories with teammates. Um, and, and one of the best parts is just having your family there, um, having my wife there, having, you know, people that have supported me because to, to commit the, the amount of, um, time and commitment it goes into, uh, playing division one football, it's, it's a lot to balance that with school. And so you, you really take the opportunity to, um, show appreciation and gratitude for your entire support staff to help. Uh, to, uh, that allowed you to make that happen, and so um, it's a it's an incredible opportunity. The last game at LES, they'll remember it forever, and um, it's it's also your last statement to to leave your name. You know, it's 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 a good legacy, right? Is you want to go out on a high note, and this is an opportunity to perform and play to the best of your ability, and and leave kind of that legacy on the field. Yeah, you talk about guys. There's guys that are, know that this is their last game. There's guys that have a decision to make following the season, whether this is their last game at LES or if they're going to come back for next year. One of those guys is Puka Nakua. He's been a key cog to the BYU offense this season. Just how important has Puka been to the team this year? And the interesting thing is I think we saw a turn for Puka at some point this season where he went from being just the, uh, the athlete, the go-to guy, the kind of the fun leader in the locker room to more the emotional and vocal leader of this team as well. Yeah, and you know, just when you ask like how how important has he been? I mean, it's it's incredibly incredibly important. I think the perfect example was two weeks ago in Boise, right? Um, so far this season, BYU has struggled. They haven't been great on third and fourth down conversions, especially in short yarded situations, and that can put a lot of pressure every time you miss or you don't convert on a third or fourth down um, that puts a lot of pressure on the play caller to get it right the next time, dial up the perfect play, the perfect, um, you know, route combination or, or um, blocking assignment scheme so that you can, you know, set up or convert and, or, or score a touchdown. Um, but when you have a guy like Puka Nakua, it really doesn't matter what the play call is. It's just, hey, throw it up to Puka. Give your best player a chance to make a play, and that's exactly what happened, right? It, it makes that play call um, for Aaron Roderick so easy when you have a guy like Puka that's been so impactful uh, to the team to say, hey, the game's on the line. This is it, 
and let's just give our best player a chance. And that's exactly what happened. So um, it's, I mean, to have a guy like him, and, and, and as he mentioned, you know, the, the emotional and vocal leader that he's been, when you go through a four-game slide, you have to have that player, and it's been great to see Puka step in, you know, fill those shoes and be the motivator to get this team out of this rut and potentially finish this season on a possible four-game win streak. Yeah, so. it's, it's interesting because he went from being the fun guy in the locker room to all of a sudden, like, he's calling people out and he's yeah. the emotional and, and spiritual and just well, motivator well, he, of this team. And he still is that fun yeah. guy. It's it's And so he play, he plays a great balance there, and it's, it's just been great to see him to rise um, to, to be that player for BYU this season. Yeah. As you play you, these FCS games or this, for Utah Tech coming in to face BYU today, these are kind of tricky. Because I, I, I was looking back, and I, I don't in the modern era, BYU's never lost to an FCS team in one of these games. But if you look back just a few years ago, 2017, Portland State comes in here for the season opener, and BYU wins 20 to seven. And I'll tell you what, fans, media, players, coaches, I felt like a loss. They felt like a bad loss, even yeah. though it was a win. So it's kind of tricky because. You're expected to win these games, but it's not just a win. You've got to win, and you got to make a statement. Yeah, absolutely, and, and this is one of those games. Um, it's also an opportunity for BYU to go out and, and become bowl eligible. Um, it hasn't been. They've had some tough losses, and, and the season hasn't gone the way that uh, a lot of viewers um, or fans had thought this season would go for BYU, and so this is an opportunity to make a true statement uh, just how you know dominant of a win this can be. And, um, and and so you know, hopefully they come out, their minds are ready. It's it, it's an interesting, um, an interesting thing preparing for an FCS team, right? Um, uh, you, you hope the mentality doesn't change. However, um, they, what what you do hope is that there's there's an increased level of confidence, right? They shouldn't have, um, you know, as, maybe as many nerves as playing a big team and wondering how this game's going to go. But they can go out, play confident, uh, play aggressive, play their type of football to prepare themselves for the rest of the season. Um, and uh, but uh, yeah, just just a statement game that could be had if they if they play the cards right. You mentioned bowl eligibility. Greg and I talked about it with Riley. Riley and I talked about it a little bit earlier. It'll be nice to get that out of the way today so there's no drama next week going into Stanford. You already know that you're eligible. You already know that you're going bowling. And there's not that extra extra thing on your shoulders going into that Stanford game of we got to win this game because. Yeah, no, exactly. And and this is and, and well, just how key was that win against Boise State last week, right? And and to to come in and your clinching game is against an FCS opponent where BYU should absolutely win this game. Um, and and so and becoming bowl eligible, I mean this this can mean a lot for these players, right? Um, uh, becoming bowl eligible gives players another opportunity to suit up. Um, Pad the stat sheet if they're if they're into that in, in, into that thing, um, but uh, you know giving every player wants to want doesn't want the last game to be the last, and this gives them another opportunity to prepare uh, to go out and play and 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 postseason. I mean we're we're here in Utah. It's cold. We're bundled up. Uh, typically these bowl games. Hopefully you know if they do qualify, um, they get a nice little destination game and, and enjoy the sunny weather. And and these players want that. And so I, I'm I'm expecting you know fully expecting to see uh, that type of aggression, that type of um, readiness for this team to, to clinch and, and make a statement to become bowl eligible. All right, we talk senior day. We talk about bowl eligibility. But we talk about FCS. What are you looking to see for this team to accomplish today out on the field? Yeah, first, uh, I mean, a statement win for these seniors and potential underclassmen whose last game you know, at Lavelle will be today. Um, to come out and, and make a statement. I think on the offensive side, um, I expect to see a 50-point game. Uh, we saw it the last time this season was the the opener against USF. I expect BYU to put up points um, on the offensive side. Um, I, I 
especially when the first uh, the first teamers are in, um, I don't expect to punt. I don't want to see Rico on the field. I want them to continue to stay Don't stay even dress drives. Ron Rico. No, no, they need to come out and 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 be ready to go. And and the hope is, I know you know you heard uh, Greg mention it. Uh, what, what Kalani said is he's preparing to play this game with his starters the entire game until the game dictates that those guys are coming out. But for me. Um, this game should be out of hand at halftime. Yes. At a halftime, uh, I'd love to see the the underclassmen, the um, the second stringers, third stringers come in in the second half and take over the game because at that point the game's out of reach. So yeah. that's that's kind of what I'm uh, I'm expecting to see today and, and hope BYU can pull off. Perfect. Well, Mitch, thanks so much. Look forward to you being warm out on the sidelines and we'll get it done out there. Hey, thanks, Ben. All right. On the other side, we'll t- we'll hear from the opposing coach. Paul Peterson sat out Jason Shepard earlier this earlier this week. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. We're getting you ready for BYU and Utah Tech. Earlier this week, Jason Shepard sat down and talked to the head coach of the Trailblazers, Paul Peterson, and he asked him, what's changed for this team after it started 1-6 and six, but now has won three in a row? Yeah, you know, we, we weren't able to finish a couple of those close games early in the season and um, had some had some turnovers and some unfortunate things happen that that uh, late late in games um, that we just needed to overcome as a team to grow. These past three games, I think we're executing at a way higher level. Uh, our quarterback play has been great, and um, you know we're 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 putting some points on the board, uh, having some big plays on defense too, just enough to get get over that hump and and win some of these closer games. So it's just been fun to see our team grow as we've gone. You mentioned your quarterback Gabalis, and he's played well the last three. Games got some pretty good skill position players around him with Conley Johnson and others. Talk to me about your quarterback and then the weapons around him in this offense. Yeah, I, th- I think he's uh, he's playing at a high level right now and been been really confident in seeing the defense what they're giving us and the type of offense that we play. We see a different defense um, a lot, and so just getting comfortable with what they're giving us. Um, but he's got some weapons, and, and the guys understand their role, um, are able to to read their their part of the coverage and and uh, make sure they're, they're on the same page uh, with the options that we have in, in the route running and and our old lines done a good job of keeping him clean and when he's out he's there in the pocket he's a pretty accurate quarterback so he's just been fun to watch and see him grow he's just a freshman so he made some mistakes uh, earlier in the season and has been able to adapt and, and get better I'm really proud of him walk me through getting this program ready to join the WAC this year and then what you learned about this team throughout the season and then moving forward to its future yeah being able to get to the WAC was exciting for us, you know, we were independent at the start and didn't anticipate joining a conference. Just trying to make sure we put put a schedule together right away. Um, you know, last year playing seven ranked teams and or seven playoff teams, excuse me, nine ranked teams. Our our team uh, has seen what where we want to get to and what what we need to do. And so the WAC has enabled us to do that, playing some really good football. And um, I'm really just proud of our growth. And I said that earlier, but we had some challenges and and not sitting at a very good record. And it's really easy to start questioning things at that time. And our guys haven't. They've stuck together. They've just kept their head down and gone to work and trusted one another. And good things have happened. Now they know what it feels like. Um, we, were, we were on the losing end of some close games early, and now and now we're on the winning end of some close games late. And so we can just see the growth of our program. We're building a foundation for the future that I'm really, really excited about. BYU started the season strong, had a had a bit of a lull in the middle, had the four-game losing streak, was able to break that at Boise State, picked up a big win, and then has a bye heading into this game. What are your thoughts on the Cougars? What stands out to you about them? Yeah, you know, I think Tom did a good job uh, getting the bye week, getting ready for us because they need an extra week 
week to prepare for the spread and shred. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny about the BYU fan base. I, I love them to death, and I'm, you know, I was growing up a BYU fan, and my brother played there and had a bunch of siblings go there. And so, I, I mean, I followed it, coached there for a quick second. And one of the things that uh, is funny about BYU is they want to win the national championship every year. That's their expectation, and the fans uh, let you hear it after you lose and you're out of that title race. Um, so, so they're playing really good football, really good football teams. And, and as a coach, seeing a loss to Liberty and East Carolina and those teams that fans think they shouldn't lose to, they're really good football teams. And so I think sometimes as a coach looking at that and hearing it, I just want to tell them to be quiet, kind of don't understand what's being trying to build and, you know, what you should, what should happen and what shouldn't happen. Sometimes as a coach, you've got to kind of ignore that noise and, and stick to the plan because it works. So I, you know, I, I feel for the BYU uh, team and coaching staff with those expectations. They're still obviously a really good football team that we're definitely excited to play. But um, yeah, I don't know if I just made a lot of sense there. But uh, getting off my soapbox, the, the, they're a good football program, and they got the best coaching staff in America, in my opinion, for that for that university and who the people are and what they represent. So I tip my hat to them and how they're preparing every week, despite these these challenges and expectations that other people have. I think Kalani does a great job and the rest of those staff. What's the importance of a game like this for Utah Tech? I mean, it's it's a, it's a an in-state game. All in-state games are big to everybody involved. You've said, look, we're going up there to win a football game. Beyond obviously trying to win the game, what are the other things that are important about a matchup like this? Yeah, I, I think it's just I'm just excited for our guys to be able to compete at this, at this level, right? It's like it's uh, uh, maybe something that they dreamed of, didn't have an opportunity to, but but aspire to play at that level and play a higher uh, brand of football and, and level of competition. And our, my, I got a team full of chips on their shoulders, right? They all think they should have played at, at a school like BYU. And so just a chance to be able to prove that they belong on the field with them is going to be fun. And my guys are going to scratch and claw and fight for every inch, and there's going to be a ton of effort, and you're going to see some great, fantastic plays and some excitement from one another. And again, grateful for, for this chance to prove that they they belong to play on that field too coach uh, dress warm we don't have st george weather up here right now yeah. it's pretty cold so uh appreciate the time and uh, we'll see you on saturday yeah no problem you guys come visit anytime it's warm down here there you go utah tech head coach paul peterson joins us familiar with the byu program we're good to have coach peterson back in the house for coaching his utah take trailblazers when we come back we'll look at some of the other scores and action in college football as well as an update of a couple of BYU teams competing for national championships today we'll tell you more about that it's coming up next this is cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU sports network you're tuned to cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU sports network now, back to Ben Bagley. This is the final segment of Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Let's get you caught up on some of the news, scores, and action around the world of sports today. We'll start with Division One cross-country championships, both the BYU men's and women's team in competition at Stillwater, Oklahoma, competing for a national championship. The BYU men's team finished third overall behind Northern Arizona and Oklahoma State. Casey Klinger finished Seventh overall top finishing Cougar running the 10K in 28 minutes and 58 seconds. So congratulations to Casey on his seventh place finish and BYU men's team for taking third. On the women's side, BYU finished eighth in the rankings uh, in the final scores. Uh, they finished top ten, though, getting the eighth place visit, uh, finish. The top female Cougar finishing for, the, for BYU was Aubrey Friendway who finished 32nd overall not not far behind her was Lexi 
Halliday Lowry, who finished in 34th. Checking some scores around college football, a big day. Well, not really an exciting day, so to speak, in college football, but there's some interesting matchups out there. Looking at the top 25 scoreboard right now, games in action from the morning slate. The University of Michigan on upset alert, third-ranked Wolverines trailing Illinois at home, 17-13. TCU also on upset alert. They're facing Baylor at Baylor. Six minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they trailed uh, Baylor Bears 28-20. TCU looking to remain undefeated if they want to keep their playoff chances alive. they got to remain undefeated to do so. This is where the uninteresting part of the top 25 scoreboard hits is with the SEC, a.k.a. bye week. Uh, Alabama at number eight uh, ranked Alabama facing Austin P. Alabama up 34-0 in the fourth quarter of that game. Shocking it's that close. Florida State ranked 19th. They're up 49-10 to on Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, that game at Tallahassee. Florida State scored 21 points in the first quarter and 14 in the other two in the second and third quarter. In the fourth quarter, they have remained scoreless. In the first quarter of the game, 115 left early on in the game. We got another big, future big. We got a Big 12 matchup right now. It's number 15 Kansas State's on the road at West Virginia. This game's at 28-19, and I did say that is in the first quarter because it is in the first quarter. That's a high-scoring first quarter game as Kansas State's got a 28-19 lead on West Virginia. In the Pac-12, just finishing the first quarter, Oregon State ranked 23rd in the land. They're up 7-0 on Arizona State. Also in the first, 10 minutes left in the first, Notre Dame ranked 18th. They've got a 9-0 lead on Boston College. Some games coming up later today to watch in the top 25, including Ohio State at Maryland and Georgia at Kentucky. A couple of games to watch that may be on upset alert. That's going to wrap things up for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, in the, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. The Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O' Tires, the team you trust. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. And for the final time in the 2022 college football season for BYU, welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the campus of Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, for Senior Day. As today, upwards of three dozen BYU players will be honored in what will be the final home game for most and what might be the final home game for a number of others. These days, you can have more than one senior day. Either way, the home season draws to a close with a first-ever meeting with the Trailblazers of Utah Tech, the former Dixie State program transitioning into full FCS membership and ending its 22 campaign today while coming in on a three-game win streak. My name is Greg Rubel, and I'll have today's play-by-play. I'm joined, as always, by the former BYU QB, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And, Riley, uh, today's the day that uh, BYU can secure bowl eligibility, something that went from foregone conclusion entering October to a much shakier proposition entering November. But the month began with that big win in Boise, and now the Cougars can punch their postseason ticket with an expected win this afternoon. It would be a sixth bowl bid in Kalani Sitake's seven seasons as head coach. 
I mean, you're right, Greg. When we were sitting there in, in, uh, at the end of October thinking like, man, do we really, are we really going to go into the Big 12 having not even qualified for a bowl and now the opportunity to, uh, have a, a chance to finish the season eight and five to get extra practice for a, as we say goodbye to, as you said, these 30 plus players who are uh, probably going to leave the team and, and then enter into the new, uh, frontier that is the Big 12. To, to get those extra practices and build momentum into spring ball and do all the things that that uh, it, that come along with turning around this season last week at Bo- sorry two weeks ago at Boise and then finishing out on potentially four straight wins uh, tremendous proposition given how uh, dire things were looking at the bottom of that slump excited to see them put that second foot in front of, the first step was last week the second foot in finishing out this season strong is here today taking care of business against Utah Tech he is. Riley Nelson coming up after the break. We'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for big time banking with a home team feel. Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are live inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium here in Provo, Utah, ahead of BYU and Utah Tech. BYU looking to go 17-0 all-time against FCS opponents. BYU has won its previous 16 FCS get-togethers by an average score of 48-9. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. It's brought to you by Zions Bank. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. And this afternoon, Kalani talks about uh, what he wants to see in a game that is expected to go BYU's way in a big way on a special senior day. Yeah, just excited, and you know, be back home and and uh, you know, finish our, our our last game here in Lavelle Edwards Stadium with the fans, and uh, you know, just to honor the the outgoing players, uh, definitely the seniors, and um, there's so many names. I think we have to save everything to the end of the game, but I'm um, just really excited uh, for the things that these young men have done uh, on the field for us and off the field in our program. So, uh, looking to honor them and, and perform at our best today. What has this team already proven to you with still games to play? Oh, Oh, they're they're re- resilient in, in, in their approach and uh, they're, they're tough, mentally tough. And, and I know that uh, the cards could be stacked against them, and we're going to get the best effort. And I look forward to building off of the effort that they've been given, especially from last last week and last game against Boise, and and uh, working that into this game, and, and, and hopefully generating an opportunity for us to play full 60 minutes the way we should. Because of the last game, today's a day in which you could clinch postseason eligibility. How significant uh, are those bowl qualifications for your program? Yeah, that and co- the combination of that and, and the fact that it's our last game at home for our seniors. Uh, there's a lot to play for in this game, and, and um, you know we, we want to find out where we're going to go bowling, and, and, and we want to get that done and, and secure that and make plans, and uh, that can be that can be handled today. So we're looking forward to hopefully getting that win and, and performing our best. I feel if we our guys come out and play our style of game. Uh, uh, our brand of football and our style of uh, the game on all three phases, I feel confident about our team. If you get the win today, do you know how soon it could be before you
before you find out where you're bowling? I think well, there's some ideas, but I think ESPN probably would let us know earlier than 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 um, I mean, sooner than later. So uh, that'd be helpful for us and then for our guys to make decisions and make um, make plans. And, and so we're, we're excited about that. But I'm excited about just extending the season a little bit longer and and just build, having the opportunity to build on our football IQ, for, especially for our developmental players. It took a while to get to your bye week. Yeah. Uh, how good was this last two week period for this program? That was great. I mean, it was good to get healthier and in some ways I mean we still have some guys that are banged up but um, you know I think we took, took some time away from the game but still studied and, and got better as a team and that that's, that was the key and, uh, and I don't think it was a, a complete week off uh, I think there was some time that we gave them off but uh, still the work needs to happen and, and I was really happy with last week's work and, and definitely happy, happy with the, the prep this week and I'm just looking forward to seeing it all come together to get to, to, in this game today You'll be down a few guys a few names I think would be Peyton Wilgar, Max Tooley, Delo Mandel, uh, Gunnar Romney, Braden Kime. Does that hit kind of the main players who you may not have for you today? Yeah, I'm sure there's a few more that, that haven't been playing or haven't been back, but um, that's uh, that's okay. We have uh, some depth, and we feel good about the guys that uh, prepared all week, and, and we're looking forward to, to making plays. Those guys have roles. They're just not on the field. They'll be on the sideline cheering us on and, and uh, leading, as they always have been, and, and I think that's going to be vital for our progress as a program. What impresses you about today's opponent, Utah Tech? Yeah, they can put up points, and they're really confident. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's time for us to, to play our, our, our football and, and to execute our plays, but to play really sound in our fundamentals and our technique. I think um, that's going to be it's going to be a great test for us. So they, they do some things that can stretch you in, in terms of, of, of your technique, but uh, have our guys believe in what they're doing and believe in the other guys on the field. We always say do your 111th, but it's also have faith in the other 10 that they can get it done, and then you overcome any mistakes with energy and effort. Looking forward to, to making that happen today. There are a lot of coaching connections from their staff to BYU. Mm-hmm. Plus, whenever an FCS plays an FBS, there's a high level of motivation. So you know what to expect today from that team. Yeah, and I, I think I mean this is this is what they've been. They're, they're excited for this game. They should be. Uh, I've coached at that level before too, so I know what to expect, and I know the guys that are coaching on their staff and, and the motivation that they're using. Uh, that doesn't really factor into what we do you know this is about what what we do and how we do it and um, doing it for a full 60 minutes and that's what I'm looking forward to to seeing our boys play not really so much worried about who we're playing against although we respect them and and we prep for them and, and their and, and their strategy uh, I think it's more important for us to focus on our on our opportunity to do things for our seniors do you go into today with any preset plans in terms of who should play and how long they should play or do you just play football and see how the game progresses no I plan on playing the ones the entire game until someone changes my mind so that's the that's the mindset I have in every game. I don't don't take anything for granted. This is an opportunity to play another game. Uh, we've talked about it. 12, we have twelve guaranteed opportunities. Uh, I don't really focus on the opponent. I need to see us play our best twelve times, and, and uh, we didn't do it well enough. But in this game eleven, we need to see it this uh, this this game today. You have some more football to play after today, but the next time BYU plays in this stadium, it'll be with a Big Twelve patch on the shoulder. The independent era at Lavelle Edwards Stadium comes to an end today. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's great. I, I know that's in the uh, future. I'm just focused on, on the guys that don't get to wear that patch, you know, and that, that this game is going to be the emotions are about what they've done and how we are able to get that transition to the next level uh, because of their hard work. And so I want to focus on making sure that we show them the, the high level of appreciation and love that they deserve and and uh, know that this, this program would not be the same without these young men that are going to be honored today. Well said. Thank you, Kalani, for the preview. We'll talk to you post game. Go Cougs. Thank you. 
That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. And this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. The new Tracost Cougar kickoff show is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're listening to the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show. NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello and good afternoon once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium for this Saturday matinee on Senior Day. It's 5-5, five and five, BYU hosting 4-6 and six, Utah Tech. Final home game for the Cougars, season finale for the Trailblazers. These two teams scheduled to meet again to open the season here in 2026. This is the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show presented by NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens joining us from the sidelines in the Zions Bank end zone for big-time banking with a home team feel. Zions Bank is for you. Our Cougar Canyon and scoreboard host, Jason Shepard, filled in today for by Ben Bagley. Jason out with soccer, and so thanks to Jason for calling the soccer game and to Ben for being with us at Cougar Canyon. He's also in the studio with us. Our booth engineers are Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. Our studio and Cougar Canyon engineer, Barry Squires. Our spotter is McKay Perry. Our statistician is Ralph Sokolowski. Coordinating producer is Terry South, and our control board operators, Adam Woodall and Logan Gardner. Our broadcast interns are Shiler Johnson here at the stadium and Jared Call back at BYU Radio. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio Sirius XM 143. Our Salt Lake City over-the-air flagship is KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You can also listen in on the BYU Radio app, the KSL app, as well as the BYURadio.org website plus our network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. Be sure to subscribe to the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and highlights, and you can also get those on the BYU Radio app and at BYURadio.org. Simply search the sports or shows areas and look for BYU Football. Well, Riley, this season could be in its third and final phase and distinct stage. The first phase, if you will, saw BYU go 4-1. and one. Uh, Phase 2 was a four-game losing streak. And hopefully Phase 3 is a four-game win streak. That would mean a win today, a win at Stanford next Saturday, and then a win in the Cougars' bowl game. And while it's one game at a time, certainly to finish 8-5 and five after kind of a tailspin to 8-4 and four, to 4-5, four and five, well, that would be uh, not a bad way to leave a, a final impression as an FBS independent. And there would be a measure of respect for BYU bouncing back that way going into the Big 12 if the Cougs can turn this thing around and end the season on a roll. Yeah, I mean, uh, it shows resiliency, and one of the things that you're going to need going into a Power 5 conference, especially one like the Big 12 where we've got so many offensive juggernauts and heavy hitters, is you're going to need to be resilient. You're going to need to bounce back. Obviously, any season you'd like to avoid a uh, a four-loss losing streak, but... that happens. You're going to lose games back-to-back, and that's going to be something, especially as BYU makes the jump, they're going to experience in in the coming years. And it, you mentioned the level of respect. I think the losses to Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, definitely, you know, the, the, those those don't look 
very bad blemishes. Uh, even Liberty, who's a very good football team this year, I think that more the way you lost there, not being able to kind of keep it close, uh, was was a tough one. And then, of course, ECU was just uh, balled and bounced your way, and you weren't fully recovered, losing on a uh, last play of the game on a field goal. But, uh, yeah, I look, there was a time there when it was 4-1. I was like, ooh, we might be able to shorten this on-ramping into the Big 12 by a couple of years, right? As we've, as we've looked at other programs that have made the jump from G5 to P5, that it's taken you know four five six years to where they're starting to compete uh, for either division or conference championships and i think we thought maybe byu can get two to three uh that four game win streak kind of put it maybe we're back on the normal track but if you can finish this season on a four game win streak show out well in your bowl do well in the recruiting season and maybe get a couple guys into the transfer then you're right in there and in, in the wild west that is the big 12 you're you step right in there uh, ready to compete how did that TCU-Baylor game turn out, by the way? Yeah, uh, they they rushed out of timeouts. TCU rushed the field goal team on with eight seconds left and put it through the uprights, 129-28. That is unbelievable. Yeah. TCU was down 28-20 at Baylor and yeah. comes back to win to stay undefeated. Truly a team of destiny, it feels like. That is this unbelievable. And, well, and this speaks to, to bring BYU back into it. You need the ball to bounce your way. I mean, TCU had some lucky breaks down. Uh, of course, they were in Waco on the road. They had some breaks go their way down the stretch in this game. And, of course, they did their job by executing, you know, in the final minute of the game, putting together a two-minute drive wow. and hitting a, a hurry-up field goal. But, uh, did you, did you, you just say team of destiny a minute ago? Feels yeah. that way, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So. Well, and that's a Big 12 team. You can see a Big 12 team in the playoff this year as BYU enters the Big 12 next year. Totally. And what I, as I look at it, it's like, look, BYU needs to, they need to be, play good football, they need good athletes, they need to recruit well and all those things. But what you're learning when you observe these P5 teams yeah. is like, you need magic if you're going to have a special season too. We'll have more of the Nutricost Cougar kickoff show straight ahead. But before the break, we remind you to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Nutricost Cougar kickoff show continues right after this, live from the Villa Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar Broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, it's a BYU home to Utah Tech on Senior Day. The school today honoring 31 players, 13 seniors, and 24 others who have been uh, with the program, or rather 21 others who've been with the program for four or five years, but with some eligibility remaining. We'll see what happens with some or all of them in the weeks to come. Well, Riley, everyone on the list of 21 I just talked about could conceivably come back to play next season. Foremost among them, Clark Barrington, Harris Lachance, Jaron Hall, Gunnar Romney, Puka Nakua, Max Tooley, and Keenan Peely with BYU moving up in weight class by entering the Big 12. It would be great and a great luxury uh, to bring even just a few of those players back. If you're not guaranteed a high NFL draft selection, you'd have to at least consider a return to BYU. Uh, Certainly some of those guys would be preseason All-Americans next year, for example. Without them, BYU's first year in the Big 12 gets a little more difficult. It most definitely does. If I'm Kalani Sataki, I'm doing my best to um, set up (laughs) whether they're formal like interviews or conversations or chance meetings between players recently that have left uh, chasing professional football dreams, gone undrafted, and then were eventually cut uh, and their their playing career ended and they left college eligibility out on the table. I know BYU players and, and fans, we make a lot of how old these players are and the NFL does 
doesn't want these old guys. The reality is the average uh, career for an NFL player, I mean, it's great that we got guys like Kyle Van Oy and Danny Sorensen and Taysom Hill, Like, but these guys are the anomalies. The reality is most of the guys that get an opportunity in the NFL, it's going to be four to five years max. That's just the turnover. That's the average career. So even if you are 24 or even 25, you're still in your athletic prime being in your late 20s. So we place more emphasis on it than the actual talent evaluators in the NFL. So for these players, if they're making any kind of consideration, if you're going it because you, if you're leaving because you feel like you're too old, you are better off staying here, gaining additional notoriety by continuing to develop as a player, increasing your production on the field, and and, and bumping your draft stock and in- increasing your chances of making a roster than you are leaving for fear of being labeled too old. Got it. Good point. Time now for today's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature, brought to you by Hyatt Place at Hyatt Place Provo. Your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And BYU's comfortable when getting the ball into the hands of wide receiver Puka Nakua. He's coming off a 19-target, 14-catch performance at Boise State. And over his last four games in the lineup since returning from injury, he's averaging 12.5 touches per game, 137 total yards per game, while scoring seven touchdowns in the process. Riley, everyone on the opposing defense knows where the ball is usually going, but awareness is only half the battle because Puka is a born playmaker. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I go back to the first play of the season when he caught that jet sweep and outran the entire USF defense, but really a couple of their defensive back who were fast guys, and he outran their angles. Uh, Whether it's his physicality and finishing runs, his acceleration or his quickness in, in making guys miss, he is a special player to watch. He's another one that I think he can come back. Look, he's been dinged up every point of his career, or every season of his career. I think he's one. Uh, of course, uh, I will never bemoan a player for chasing his dreams, but he is one who could come back, continue to work on his body, and show NFL teams, which is now a 17-game season, that he can be a reliable go-to playmaker in college for an enti- for the entirety of a 13-schedule season. That might be wishful thinking on my part because Puka is in high demand, uh, but, boy, it, whether it's three games we have or 16 games or however many games we get to see him don the Y on his helmet, uh, it is a privilege for us. We're back with more of the Nutricost Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Utah Tech coming up. After the bottom of the hour, BYU looking for back-to-back wins and bowl eligibility. Utah Tech coming in on a three-game win streak. And during the streak, the Trailblazers have averaged 43 points and well over four, uh, 500 yards per game. This is an explosive group. Uh, they're four wide all the time, and their offensive philosophy is known as the spread and shred. It'll be interesting to see just how much success Utah Tech will have against a BYU defense that has given up some big numbers this season, but is coming off one of its best defensive performances of the season at Boise State. Yeah. I think it's one... They've got some bona fide playmakers, and their scheme is is one that uh, can give some teams trouble. But at the end of the day, we're talking about uh, a team that has a mixture of FCS and FBS uh, caliber athletes versus a team in BYU that is not only as well established as FBS, but is a, an upper quartile team. So uh, the defense, uh, the last thing uh, that I uh, am excited to see too is can they continue to build on the shift in scheme? Right, the play calling. 
coaching duties shifted from Elisa to Iaki to Coach Sitaki. We know he's calling the defense now. We've seen a few things. We've seen uh, more four-man fronts. We've seen less of the hockey line change rotations. And it's uh, obviously was effective two weeks ago against Boise. And heck, it even closed the gap against a high-powered offense in ECU. I don't know that Utah Tech, in fact, well, I do know, Utah Tech isn't going to have the same caliber of athletes and speed of athletes that ECU did. And uh, probably not going to be on the same caliber of Boise. So while I while I expect a good performance today, they need to play with intensity, physicality, and execution so that uh, they don't give Utah Tech more than they deserve. As we head to break, time for today's Player to Watch, brought to you by VidAngel. Skip offensive content and movies and shows when you watch with VidAngel. Learn more at VidAngel.com. Riley, who's your player to watch in today's game against Utah Tech? player to watch today is Hinkley Ropati. I know it's been kind of the uh, the what have you done for me lately at the running back position for BYU. It was Chris Brooks, uh, you know, early on in the season, then Miles Davis, and then Hinkley just was so fun to watch. He's so big and fast, and he cut that big screen pass. So uh, I want to see, I imagine him to share the lion's share of carries today. I want to see what he can do, especially uh, from a physical running standpoint. Could he, he could be a really nice addition to this offense. Coming up, we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens as the Nutricost Cougar kickoff show continues after this, live from the Bell Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar kickoff show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so BYU and Utah Tech just moments away on senior day, the only only the second ever FBS game for the Trailblazers. Uh, Utah Tech faced New Mexico State in the spring of 2021. The Aggies won 36-29 after Utah Tech led 14-10 at halftime. Riley, a lot of these BYU players are certainly expecting to play something less than 60 minutes of football today. This could be a day in which a lot of reserves play, but what's the challenge of playing a game? You're expected to win in a blowout, and with the way the season has gone, should BYU maybe keep the pedal down a little longer than might be usual against an FCS opponent to really get into some kind of rhythm? I would. I would do it respectfully, though. I wouldn't be doing double reverse flea flickers and getting it cheap. But if you you need your guys to get work. And I know Stanford is a little bit of a wounded beast right now, but you have to go on the road and play a P5 opponent uh, to finish off your season. So and also this late buy. I really really what I don't like is the buy coming in the 11th week. That creates a really tough dynamic and creating uh, in managing your momentum as you finish out this the schedule but uh really you just want to come out you want to set high goals for yourself right like if you're an offense touchdowns no field goals we shouldn't punt uh if you're a defense similar thing you know try and get some in and out or try and get some three and outs create some turnovers and uh if you've kind of elevated your expectations you should come out and and set expectations even if you don't meet them it should look how it should look let's head down now to field level and former byu wide receiver mitchell jurgens Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for big-time banking with a home team feel. Zions Bank is for you and Mitch. It was a grind to get to this point in the season. BYU did play those 10 straight weeks and suffered multiple significant injuries along the way. It'll be nice to get at least a couple of those guys back today, and hopefully they get to finish their seasons the way they'd like to, which is on the field. Yeah, Greg, it was a tough schedule, uh, especially as you consider the adversity this team faced, 
face with the amount of key injuries um, that BYU encountered along the way. You know, no, no player wants to finish the season from the sidelines, especially on a senior day like this. So it will be great for these players to get back on the field and go out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in style. Uh, but not only just to finish here, but this is a really good game for those players who have missed time to get back in that football rhythm to hopefully finish the season strong. Uh, with a win today, a win against Stanford, and then a win in a bowl game, this team has a chance to finish with a very respectable 8-5 and five record heading into the Big 12. So, But to do that, you know, to finish the season with four straight wins, they need to stay sharp, play discipline, and getting these guys back today and on the field is crucial to making that happen. Thank you, Mitch. Coming up, Riley's Ford keys to the game, starting lineups and the opening kick. This has been the Nutracost Cougar Kickoff Show, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.